Jordan, 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 Jordan. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Penalty Loop Podcast, a podcast about biathlon by Jordan Gottschalk from Penalty Loop and R.J. Weiss from Biathlon Analytics. Hey, this is RJ at the Pendleu Podcast. Um, Jordan and I have been uh, pretty busy with uh, summer being over and people going back to school and work uh, being pretty busy. So uh, you probably have noticed that our activity on uh, on Twitter is a bit uh, lower than, than usual. But uh, as the season is going to start in well not that long not that, not that far away um, i'm sure it will pick up again but um yeah today i'm going to do a uh, brief episode that is going to be focused more on the uh, the data and the analysis of the data as we've alluded to in the past we will be interviewing each other in the upcoming weeks but again because it's been so busy just didn't get to it and we have a number of guests lined up for uh, for the upcoming week so uh, we've got still a lot of content coming up Yodley. the uh, the data that were that i'm using for the analysis and other people are using um it all comes from biathlonresults.com so that's um i think it's a company called cv who is hired by the ibu to record all the data and um they publish pretty quickly after a race on their biathlon results website um so the race results and then they also have some uh you know specific data sets for athletes etc um unfortunately there is no export button or something like that from <clears throat> excuse me from interviews that we've done uh it is my understanding that teams do have access to this data i'm not sure if it just gets delivered in a uh, weekly dump of data or that they can go in and, and select their own but um, yeah for people that are not related or associated with any team um, you can find all the pdfs and um, if you're under if you if you select a and uh, a race weekend and then a specific race you can go to the reports tab and then uh, click on the competition analysis uh, at least for the current versions older versions the name might vary a little bit but uh, it's pretty obvious which one you need to click on and that's a pdf that has basically everything you need so number of shots hit and missed um i'm not sure if it actually shows which ones were missed but um um, yeah, so it has a lot of detailed timing, ski timing, shooting times, etc. So um, that's kind of what I started with when I started doing my first um, biathlon analysis. I would I would go. I think I focused on the women's sprint for a couple of seasons, and I literally went through every PDF and uh, copy pasted it into Google Sheets, probably, and then did some some calculations and some filtering, etc., to uh, end up with the data that I needed. And um, before that, I worked a lot with uh, baseball and uh, fantasy baseball data and uh, hockey and fantasy hockey data. And uh, because that's been around quite a bit longer, um, I should say the data has been collected a lot longer and used for analysis um, in the public 
environment, um, it was a lot easier to get a hands-on on that data. But uh, yeah, so I started copying and pasting and then through some forums, uh, talked to other people that were trying to do similar things and um, chatted with a few people of, of uh, you know, combining the, the different data sources. Maybe one could focus on copying and pasting the women's sprints and the other could do the men's, etc. But uh, everybody's still at their own, you know, ideas on, on what would be best to do that. So in the end, I uh, connected with this person who um, I think he or she, so I'm, I'm talking about real biathlon. And um, despite the fact that I've had many conversations over email and uh, forums, etc., I actually don't know if it's a, a male or female, but um, just for the sake of addressing him, I'm going to go with the he and him. Uh, but if if it's a woman uh, who's list, who might listen to this, I apologize. Um, but anyway, uh, him and I got connected, and um, I think due to COVID, he lost his job or something like that. Anyway, he had a lot of time and clearly a lot of skills in uh, autom- automating this, this process of uh, getting the data from the PDFs. I have no idea how he does it. Um, but when he at some point mentioned that he as was going to start a, a website based on all the data and was, uh, you know, thinking about um, sharing that with other people, um, I was, you know, so excited to, to have that access to the data. And um, he did an amazing job, like I would say pretty much almost within an hour after races are done. The data on his website is already up to uh, up to date. There's a lot of things on his website directly that you know you can filter with the with the functionality that he provides, and um, you can basically copy paste from there if you want to. Uh, might get a little more tricky if you want to you know, multiple seasons, etc., and uh, specific details. But uh, for those situations, he offers a small subscription fee that uh, that I'm a member of or, or uh, paying on a monthly basis it's you know it's very minimal um, it's more for him to to uh, keep the, the processes running and the servers running to have the data available and uh, if if anybody who's listening is into it uh, data analysis for biathlon I, I highly recommend just uh, checking out his website I think there's a link to patreon content that uh, requires you to have a sign in and um, I'm not sure how you subscribe, but I'm sure there's a contact link on the uh, realbiathlon.com website and you can figure it out with him. Um, highly recommend it. And like I said, it's a minor fee and um, mostly just for covering his cost. And he was actually, he just sent a, a message, I think a couple of weeks ago that uh, because, you know, the data processes are running and of course in the summer, there's not much new uh, data. Um, he actually offered to uh, offer this subscription for free to the people that are already subscribed for uh, for the summer months. So you know, really good guy. Uh, like I said, amazing skills to uh, to put that site together and um, and provide the data. So um, yeah, that's kind of how I got into it. And and being able to to pull in all that data all at once, like all the women's races in the last five years, etc. Allows you to do so much more analysis and in-depth analysis. Um, we've had some great discussions on on Twitter. Of course, there's always the how would you say that the, the risk of 
assuming perfect data. And what I mean with that is that um, when, you know, comparing between two races, you kind of assume that one shooting is the same to the other shooting. Let's say sprint race, we take the first shooting um, prone and you compare that to the previous race. Now, of course, the weather conditions could be very different. Um, the shape of the athlete could be different. So, you know, having an impact on on tiredness and, and uh, strain on the body and therefore on the shooting. And if we're all honest, like you can't compare one shooting to the other. It's the, the range entry, the uh, time in the race, the wind and wind, uh, sorry, the wind conditions and the weather conditions. Uh, there's so much variance that in all honesty, you can't really compare it. However, that would make it uh, really boring to do data analysis. And, you know, you got to deal with the best you got. So um, I think there's good ways to not look at the absolute numbers. So, for example, ski time, you you can't really compare race to race uh, by looking at the seconds that a racer takes for, say, a sprint race, because the course difference, snow is different, uh, conditions are different. So that has an impact. Um, if you've read my blog, um, you've maybe read about that not every race is exactly the same distance. So there's a lot of uh, factors there as well that, that influence that, um, that data, basically. But of course, if you compare it to, say, the field average or to the top three or the winner, um, then you get this relative um, ranking or time. And that, I think, becomes a lot more valuable to compare over multiple races. So um, this was a bit of an introduction. I'm going to go a bit through the more technical side of the data, uh, general usage of the data, some things that I've run into um, over the course of the last two seasons that I've been dealing with this data. Um, and then I'm going to go a little bit into the uh, tool specific. Um, it's I, I'm very aware that, you know, if you're expecting an interview with a coach or an athlete and uh, realize that uh, maybe this more detailed data is not your thing, I'm not going to lie that that's what all, this episode is all about. So uh, if you're even still there, this might be a good time to uh, to zone out and uh, and listen for the or wait out for the next one to listen to because, it, yeah, it's going to be pretty technical. Um, so I'll start with, um, the, the structure of the data. If you, if you use real biathlon, um, obviously you can still copy paste from biathlonresults.com or you can go to realbiathlon.com and, and just look up some data there and copy and paste it into Excel or Google sheets or whatever your, uh, tool of choice is. But, um, I don't do that, so I'm going to talk about the uh, JSON files that you can get from the Real Biathlon uh, subscription. Um, for those who are not really clear on uh, on what JSON files are, um, they're just a, basically a different type of, I guess, text file that um, if you if you compare it to to uh, say uh, an Excel file then every record in um, in the Excel file is a row. So let's say for 
uh, athlete uh, Johannes Tingis Bo. We have the first time that he comes or that he's at the start. That is a record. Then you could have a um, uh, intermediate time. That's a record. Then he gets to the shooting. That's a record. So there is almost like a chronological step-by-step number of records. And of course, you can combine uh, multiple columns per record and, uh, and track data that as well. But that's kind of the idea that there's, there's you know, a, a row for every event um, that has the same columns, same layout, etc. Jason is a little bit different and um, where people sometimes compare an Excel file to, uh, to a filing cabinet where, you know, um, there's a thousand sheets of paper that all have the same rows and columns on them and they're just filled out say for different patients um the way i think of a json structure is that it has uh, that same filing cabinet but then in that filing cabinet there is a box that has uh, that is specific to one race and then within that race uh, let's say we have 50 smaller boxes that are one box for each athlete and then within one of those boxes for an athlete there are smaller boxes that contain shooting information or that contain skiing information or that contain shot information Um, and every athlete has all these smaller boxes that contain shooting information racing information or skiing information etc so that's always how I try to understand in my head uh, what I'm working with. And um, in uh, more technical language, I think that that can be described as nesting. Um, as you can hear, I'm always trying to describe things from a non-technical perspective, mainly because I'm not really that uh, into the technical terminology, etc. cetera. Um, but yeah, so... Um, what they call that in JSON is uh, the schema. So that's basically that whole structure of boxes and boxes and boxes um, and how that is set up. And that is relevant because uh, when you use it in tools, you need to specify the schema that you want to use. Um, so basically, what boxes do you want to include and what boxes are you not needing? So that's nested. So if you um, think of, for example, in a document, if you're writing in a Word document and you you know, chapter one, and then you come up with a list of bullet points. And then within that list of bullet points, you have some new bullet lists under, say, an athlete. And that repeats for every athlete. That's kind of how I see the structure of a JSON file. I hope that's um, clear. The other thing to think of is uh, every time that you use the biathlon result data, or race result data, you're gonna to have to make some uh, some choices, and especially when you're comparing race to race and season to season. Um, I personally, for example, always exclude all the athletes that did not finish, did not start, were lapped, were disqualified, or for some reason have no information. Of course, um, somebody who shoots, you know, say two rounds and then gets lapped, that's still 10 shots that, you know, could provide valuable information. But I personally feel that if an athlete doesn't finish the race for whatever reason, um, I don't want to include those shots uh, and ski times for the first two loops or three loops uh, in my analysis. 
but those types of information is uh, or choices is something to consider once you start using this data. The, uh, the schema of the race results, um, you have to think about some, uh, the following structure, some, some information about the race itself. So where is it held? Um, who is organizing type of in or type of race or pursuit, for example, et cetera. Then there's course information. So to give you some information on the, um, length of the course on the, um, elevation change, etc. Then there's a, uh, let's just say a box with multiple boxes inside for the athletes, for every individual athlete per individual race and that has um, times per lap and loop or lap or loop uh, for shooting, for skiing, for the range time, for penalty time, uh, loop time, intermediate time, cumulative time and course time. And then it has information for all the individual shots. So you can think of time per shot and also the result per shot. Um, the other thing that's available for the race information as well is um, the weather in, uh, the weather conditions. And um, if you get the, the JSON files through Real Biathlon, there's also a box for analysis information, which is really uh, data that Real Biathlon, the person who runs that, has calculated for every athlete um, in the race. And think of, you know, um, ski time faster or slower than the average of the field and that kind of thing. So yeah, when, when you start loading your files or start using these files, you need to decide, as I said before, uh, what schema you want to use. So what, what boxes do you need? And that has an impact on um, how you work with the data. If you um, get data for every individual shot, then there will be duplication of records at a higher level in the data. So for the shoot, uh, shooting time, so for you know the combined shooting of five shots, um, that record will basically be in your data, at least in the in the tool that I use, Tableau, um, multiple times because it needs to repeat that basic shooting time information five times because you're taking five shots and you also want to provide detailed information per shot. Uh, why I'm saying this is. Um, it obviously makes a difference when you're, uh, for an athlete, want to know what the combined shooting time was. You would just add up the shooting time for the race. But because of that repetition, you would come out with a way higher time than the actual time that the shooting took. So you have to, you know, just uh, either group by or um, there's some calculations in Tableau, how you can sort of filter that out or just look at the max, max, the highest value of the time or average between the fields because they're all the same. Anyway, there's multiple ways to deal with it. I'm just mentioning this more to, um, that's something that I ran into when I just started using the data that my shooting time, for example, didn't add up to what I was seeing on uh, biathlon results. Uh, PDF files and that was made mostly the reason that I was just adding everything up even if there was a duplication in the records. Um, another thing to uh, think about is that the uh, data that comes from biathlon results has improved over time. If you look at uh, race results from about you know let's say 20 years ago there's less information available than there is today. Um, 
and the some information that was available is now tracked better obviously with the uh, hardware that people are are using to record this information that's improving um you know maybe we used in full seconds at some point and then we went to uh one decimal seconds and now they can probably uh well technically they can measure in thousands of seconds i don't know if that adds a lot of value but uh, yeah the it just improves over time i can imagine also that maybe they only tracked the total time uh 10 20 years ago where now they have all these intermediate times etc so that's just also something to keep in mind especially when you compare uh races from say uh the last season to races from 20 years ago that uh, the, the granularity of the data may not be exactly the same so that's something to consider um there are instances where data is not completely consistent over time um the way the data is stored can be slightly different that's not on uh, realbiathlon.com that's more on how the data was collected and stored uh, by the IBU and the company that did that for them. Um, There's still some races where data is missing, especially when you go a couple years back and look at the IBU cup level or the youth and junior, there was just less um, tracking devices probably, or the quality may not have been have been as good or um but yeah i've, I've noticed that there are some races where just say shooting time information is missing and i've noticed that there's a handful of races at, even at the world cup level where it appears some data is missing and i could easily see that you know that could be as simple as somebody accidentally knocking over the uh, time tracker along the course or um something went wrong with the uh the tracking of the shots etc so um yeah that happens and that that's annoying but uh there's nothing uh, we can do about that so um another thing of importance is that um with maybe a few exceptions every athlete that performs uh under the umbrella of the ibu will have an ibu id and it's important to uh, to use that rather than an athlete's name because obviously with um, female athletes getting married or um, for other reasons choosing to change their name or um, yeah for any athlete basically to change their name they will typically retain their rbu id and you want to avoid for example when you're looking at somebody's career over the last 20 years that you're basically um, building a report that looks at two different athletes because you know maybe that person changed their name halfway through and uh, for your analysis that would probably uh, lead to uh, misinformation so when you're using that IBU idea typically you would have the same athlete um, similar concern with the data or maybe not concern something to uh, to be careful of is that um, nations for athletes can be inconsistent uh, for example we talked to uh, Ukalek uh, Sletemark from uh, Greenland recently and we talked a little bit about how when she performs for the Olympics um, she performs for Denmark where during the World Cup she performs for Greenland so that is another thing to uh, to keep in mind and, and uh, Russia is a 
great example for that. Um, if you look at um, data for Russian athletes in the last 10 years, um, you will find abbreviations for the nations RUS, obviously for Russian, uh, OAR for Olympic Athlete of Russia, RBU for Russian Biathlon Union, um, ROC, Russian Olympic Committee, and NAR, which escapes me right now what that was. But um, yeah, they're all um, indicating Russia. And of course, we also have the situation where um, nation or athletes that were performing for maybe the Soviet Union, one that uh, was still united and are now performing for countries that have since uh, liberated or are separated from uh, from the Soviet Union and are no longer part of what what is now Russia. So um, I don't want to go into the politics, obviously, because we all know what's going on and um, don't want to get into that. But that's definitely something to uh, to consider, because, uh, again, if you just analyze that data, um, your tool would probably assume that person A from country A would be somebody different than person A from country B, even though the name is identical. Um, so that could just be a matter of maybe that person coming out for a different nation for whatever reason. So, um, Another thing to consider is that uh, the IBU data has a level ID field and the levels are indicated with a number. Um, so the World Cup, including World Championships and Olympics, are level one. IBU Cup is level two, youth and junior is level three, and I noticed that they actually have a level four for summer biathlon. I don't know how long they've tracked that. I've honestly never uh, seen that before, um, but yeah, it's there. So if you want to filter out data for summer biathlon, there's a way to do that. So those are kind of some general tips of things that I've ran into when using this data. I'm sure there's a couple things that I'm missing and uh, that will uh, pop in my head at some point and um, maybe I'll tweet about that. At this point, I also want to say for those of you who are still around, um, if you have any questions, absolutely feel free to reach out on Twitter. Uh, you can also uh, email the panel loop podcast at gmail.com um, so feel free to reach out I'm, I'm very happy to uh, to go into more detail for you have, or if you have specific questions or things you've you're running into so uh, please do that um, so yeah as I said and and as you've uh, may have seen with some of the uh, analysis I've done before I use tableau um, for the analysis and visualization um, and yeah, I have a couple tips on that. I have tried a couple of different tools. I worked with uh, a little bit with Power BI and um, I just don't use it enough to really get into it. That's just a Tableau I use for my work. I've been using that for about 10 years, so I'm very comfortable with it. And uh, yeah, that's just my tool of choice. I did like R and R Studio because uh, you can uh, nicely publish to the web as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm focusing on Tableau, sorry. Um, a couple things to remember. Um, when you're combining, so the JSON files, I have mentioned that. So the JSON files, when you get the data, um, there's multiple ways of doing that. 
like I said, uh, you'll if you get it from Real Biathlon, you're going to have to get a uh, subscription. Um, but so you can connect to, I think it's all stored in a MongoDB or database. Um, I originally wrote some scripts in R, which is like a statistical programming language, although, you know, it can be used for many other things. I know Python is a really uh, good language or library to uh, to work with this, uh, with this Mongo database data as well. I'm just not uh, highly familiar with it. I've used it a couple times, but uh, I'm just more comfortable with R scripting. So you can connect to the data source and basically pull out the data. And um, I've, like I said, I've, I've done that where now I can just put in uh, some parameters like which seasons to include, what type of races, female or male or both, or all these, these uh, variables that then uh, basically run through all the documents one by one and, and uh, export every race as a, as a JSON file. Recently, I've also started using the uh, MongoDB Compass software, which is a free tool from MongoDB. And again, with a subscription, you get some uh, uh, username, password, that kind of information that allows you to uh, link to specific databases that uh, Real Biathlon has set up. And I'm actually finding that a lot easier. And of course, you know, you could just say, I just want everything, um, but you'll end up with um, a huge file, which is probably not ideal for working with. Plus, you know, you're probably gonna drain a lot of performance from the server, so it's also uh, not really appreciated. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm finding the MongoDB Compass is a, is a great tool to pull that data out. You can uh, find a lot of uh, very helpful documentation on the uh, MongoDB website on how to spe- uh, set up queries to pull some specific data out. And uh, yeah, it works, works quite well. So definitely something to look into if you are considering getting a subscription and pulling that data out. So um, what I've done in the past, like I said, is uh, getting basically one JSON file per race, which, you know, works pretty well. Um, you can combine the data in Tableau fairly easily. You, you pull in one data source, one JSON file, set up the schema that you want to use, and then um, you just basically combine it with all, all the other files that you want to uh, include as well. The the downside of that is that I I sorted all my information by World Cup individual races, World Cup relay races, etc. So in separate folders on my uh, on my drive, just to kind of keep a bit of an overview. But um, unfortunately, the way uh, Tableau works is that you can union or combine multiple JSON files into one data source as long as they're in the same folder. And you can't combine them with files that are different folders. So then, you know, I ended up making project folders where I would copy and paste the JSON files that I needed. But then, of course, that takes a lot of space and um, not ideal. So when I started using the uh, MongoDB Compass tool, I started playing around a bit with uh, what would be more useful. And I created just these you know, still fairly small data sets like uh, season 2021, all individual races for men. And that would be maybe 60 megabytes, so still pretty small. But then because they're kind of named in 
um, you know, subsets, I can just have those all in one folder, still kind of know what they're about, and then it's a lot easier to combine. But um, everybody, of course, has their own way of doing it, but um, just something to consider uh, when using Tableau. Um, another thing to consider in Tableau is that number of rows is not really affecting performance. So you can have a million rows and, and Tableau is still working and performing fine, but it will slow down performance when you start adding columns. And I talked about this earlier, you have to sort of select the schema. So, you know, I talked about uh, shooting times, skiing times, range times, etc. It's all there, but um, you can you can obviously say I just want everything, but it will end up with a larger file and especially a very wide file, so lots of columns, which will not be ideal for performance. So if you're just interesting in uh, shooting times, for example, you want to do an analysis about that. Um, I highly recommend just you know selecting the the schema that has that information and leave the other ones blank, so you don't pull in that information and keep your tables a lot narrower. Um. In Tableau specifically, I don't know how this works in other, if this is a concern in other tools, but once I select a schema in Tableau um, and, you know, add more JSON files to that. So I have maybe all women's races of the last season at the World Cup level um, with all, say, shooting information. And then I'm like, you know what, would actually be cool to also do the uh, skiing information. So course time, for example. I've noticed that once you start using a data source, so you you know you pull in one JSON file, set up a schema, add more JSON files, and then have your data set for, for the season, for example. Um, if you go back later to edit the schema, even though that option is there, I find that pretty much all the time it will break the data source. It will come up with a, a data error and uh, basically make your data source unusable. Now it's in itself not a problem. You can just, you know, not save your your file and just open the previous version and you know you're you're kind of set back to where you were with that one, but it's not completely lost. But um the the only option you have is basically to pull in that same JSON file, select the schema that you want with the additional fields pull in all the other JSON files to uh, to add to the to the first one and then replace that data source the, replace the original data source with the new one that has the updated schema um, quite convoluted especially when like I said when you l use all these separate JSON files um, per race as I had set it up earlier um, can be quite time-consuming so I guess the main tip is think really well about what you want to do um, and what schema uh, you need and what what parts of the what boxes of the uh, of the file cabinet you need and um, yeah think about that really well and if you change it later on try to just start from scratch build a new data source and then replace the old one with the new one um, I've already mentioned the impact of IBU ID versus the name of athletes and the uh, the nations that may need some some grouping and sorting um, so I won't go into that. Another thing to think about is when you're comparing different seasons. So you want to see 
how many points did an athlete score over the last 20 years or what was the average point score. Of course, you need to keep in mind, especially with the upcoming season, but, uh, we are seeing the uh, point calculations are going to change. So what I typically do um, to just you know not have to deal with that is is use my own calculations for points so i look at the rankings of races of athletes in races and based on that i use calculations that were used last season and maybe in the future i will start using calculating points for you know every athlete in the past based on the new rules now of course you know, we, we've had some discussions on Twitter about that too, where, well, that's not really fair because now there seems to be more emphasis on winning the race where maybe in the past uh, becoming second 10 races in a row would be more efficient or, um, I don't know, it's, it's, it's always hard to compare and, and, you know, giving points for, for rankings that were that are different from the points they would receive at the time but again it's the best we can do so um whether you're pro or or against that um it is something to be aware of that the points are handed out differently uh over time so that's just something to keep in mind when you're comparing over time the other thing i typically do when i'm uh, looking at rankings and point calculations is that for pursuit races i look at isolated times again this is you know questionable um, if people are f- maybe feeling they're out of the race anyway, they may not push as hard. Um, I, I'm actually a big proponent of uh, having some sort of bib or uh, reward for people that have the best isolated times, even if their final result is maybe 20 second. Um, but that's a whole different story. Uh, but yeah, something to just consider when you're thinking of rankings and, uh, and points. So I use Tableau, as I said, I've, I've used it for about 10 years and I use it pretty much daily at my work. Um, it has a great Tableau server environment. Um, so you can publish your your reports to the server environment that is accessible on any browser uh, for free. So the tool itself, the basically the editor tool or, or designer tool is free. Um, the reports that I do usually have a, uh, have a background. Uh, image that I, I use Gravit Designer for, although I think now it's Corel, Corel based. Um, I think Corel purchased Gravit Designer, but yeah, that's what I use. Um, the nice thing too on this Tableau server environment is that you can set it so that nobody can download it, which is um, good in the sense that when you publish a report, people cannot just go in, download it, and then scrape all the data out of it because that wouldn't be uh, very fair for uh, real biathlon and also not something you uh, probably want to be part of. Um, and I think Tableau is is uh, very good for analysis and visualization. So uh, that's just the tool I used because of that. Um, like I said, there's many other tools. I just don't use them personally, so I don't really have much to say about that. And um, you can also, there's tools like, uh, I don't know, say Data IQ, IQ, for example, that is more a uh, sort of a visual transformer of data. So it allows you to combine uh, different JSON files and, and only filter out the fields that uh, you're looking for and then spit that out as a CSV file, for example, that you can then use in Google or Excel or something like that. So. 
anyway, this was uh, longer than I expected, but uh, still a pretty short overview of uh, how to use the IBU race result data and uh, an athlete's data and a lot of a lot more information available than I went over. But uh, just thought for people that are interested. Um, would be a good idea to share some tips and tricks. Like I said, um, you can definitely follow me on Twitter, uh, BiathlonAnalyt1, and uh, or just reach out to the uh, Panel Loop Podcast Gmail. And uh, I hope you enjoyed it. And again, any questions, please reach out to me. Have a good one.